0: Welcome, everybody. You are listening to The Life of an Educator, hosted by Matthew Reguil. Hey, team, and welcome back to another episode of The Life of an Educator. It is so great to have you with me again as we are into Season 3 of the podcast, and thanks so much for tuning in wherever you find yourself today. I know that and hope that this will be an encouragement to you. We are into season three, and so we've had a great start to season three, and lots of you are listening and engaging, and that is amazing, and we're going to jump into a new episode today. Last time, we talked about the first five minutes of a class, and what I believe is super-duper important Of how you should spend your first five minutes with your students in any given class time. And if you didn't listen to that episode, I encourage you to pause right now and go back and listen to that before we get into today's episode, which is the next five minutes. What do you do after you've welcomed your students in, after you've engaged with them about life, not including the subject area, but just asking them how they are doing, getting a feel for where everyone's at in terms of their emotional levels, and just engage with them about, you know, how their evening was or how their day is going. Once you engage with them in those first five or so minutes, then we can get into the actual material of whatever subject that you are teaching. And I believe that these next five or so minutes are super important as well to engage the brain of the students and to give the teacher some time to get into the flow of the class. And so it will look different for different subject areas. It will look different for different class settings. It will even look different for different groups of students and what age they are. But I believe that these first five minutes of the actual teaching content needs to be an activation activity, needs to be something that engages the brain, needs to be something that is not totally new just yet but something that the students can achieve, the students can be successful at, the students can review from previous knowledge that they already have. And so I'll give you a couple examples in a little bit in this episode but Why I think this is so important is because you want students to be engaged in the new material that you are going to be teaching them. And you don't want to start right with the new stuff because it's new, it's not comfortable for the students, it's not something that they are familiar with. When you start with an activity that brings back previous knowledge, that brings back material that they already have under their fingertips, you are building confidence in them right from the word go. You are getting them excited about being in the class because they can be successful in what you are asking them to do. If you just come in and from the word go say, okay, open up your books, we're learning something new today, you are running the risk of them to shut down, to get nervous, to get anxious, to get scared because they don't know what's coming. They don't know what to expect. But if you allow these first few minutes to be time where they can reflect on what they already know, when you give them time to showcase what they already have learned, the confidence is built, the excitement can come, and they can see that, oh, I already know what I'm doing in this part of today's class. And they can get excited and confident in that. I think sometimes as Educators and teachers, we jump in too quickly. We assume too much and we move forward too fast, and the students lose the excitement that comes because it's all new. We jump in too quickly. We haven't allowed time for the students to really, you know, just get settled in and get into an attitude of learning. And so, Yes, I teach high school math, and so what the, the examples I'm going to share are a bit more high school math focused, but I want to be really honest and say that this can happen no matter what age level, no matter what grade, no matter what subject area. If we are good teachers, we can look back and bring back prior knowledge, allow them to showcase what they have learned, have a review time, um, and present the first few minutes uh, in a way that allows the students to showcase their learning, showcase that they already have some knowledge under their belt, and then when we bring in new material, they are confident and they have a basis to go off of. And so in my math classroom, I actually do this a few different ways in a few different of my uh, grades and different math courses. One of the greatest ways to do this, to activate their learning, is simply to review from the day or the few days before. I, For my pre-calculus classes we always review before we get into new content. And so I'm reviewing what we did the day prior, I'm reviewing what we have done so far that week, or if I have more time I'm reviewing everything that we have learned so far that chapter or unit or outcome. And I give questions up on the board and the students have time to work on their whiteboards or in their notebooks and showcase that they have remembered what they have learned from the previous days. And this is really great for the students for a few reasons. One, again, they are able to jump right in with something they already know. They are able to, you know, recall a little bit of information but yet for the most part they're able to dive in and showcase their learning. If there's any, you know, little bit of forgetting or not quite sure or need a little bit of a reminder, they have all of the resources that they need to go back and be successful. They can ask their peer around them. They can go back into their notes and find the information that has already been taught to them. This is old information that they are now just trying to recall. And so they are able to find those resources to help them retrieve back the information that is just a little bit muddy in their head at the moment. But as soon as they go back into their notes or ask a friend, the light bulb goes back on. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, I remember what we did. And then they are able to get it, get confident and solve uh, the problems and showcase it to me. And I can give them a thumbs up saying, great job. It also gives um, those who are involved in a lot of extracurricular activities, for those who, you know, have busy family life or our friend lives, And maybe they didn't get a chance to do any homework. Maybe they didn't get a chance to do any questions to check their understanding and to ensure that what was taught in class the day prior was actually learned and that they are able to do some practice. And so for those, um, I'm not calling them out in any way, but I'm giving them a little bit of a chance to do some questions in class before we get started with the new material. And it also gives them a chance to get confident, even though they may have not had an opportunity to do any practice at home during their own time. So I'm trying to get every student to be on the same playing field. I'm trying to get all students to kind of be at least at the basis level of understanding the concepts from the day or the couple days before. This is really important for math because math builds on on each other. And so this is one of the reasons why I do it so much in my classroom is because everything builds. Other subjects don't build as much, but you still want to ensure that what you taught the day before or the couple days before is actually sticking, right? We assume that you show it to them once and then all of a sudden it's in their brain forever. And that's not the case. I know for myself even teaching high school math, I have to still look at my notes. I still have to review before I actually teach it to the whole class. I look at it and I review it and I just make sure that what is on the piece of paper is still you know in my brain and I'm still confident enough to explain it the way that the students will understand. So for someone like me who's been teaching for seven years now, and I've taught only math for seven years, so I'm teaching the same thing semester after semester, year after year, and I'm still reviewing. I'm still looking at my notes. I'm still once in a while doing some practice questions just to, just so I know the steps to take and so I can teach it well without stuttering or without pausing or without thinking, we want to make sure that the students get that opportunity as well. We can't just teach it one day and then never touch it again, thinking that it has gone into their long-term memory. That just doesn't work. It's not the case. And I don't have a science background, but from little science I do know, we need to repeat and repeat and repeat over and over again so that it gets ingrained. It, it becomes a part of who we are. Think about anything that you would do in your life. We like routine, right? So I have a routine of how I get up in the morning and how I get ready for my day and how I have it all timed so that I leave at a certain time. Well, that didn't happen overnight. That's happened because now I do the same thing every morning for the last seven years. And so now my routine is pretty much set. And I can tell you pretty much to the minute and even maybe the second of where I am at a certain time each morning because I get up at the same time, I do the same order of routine, so I'm out the door at 7.45 each morning so that I can get to work at about 8.20 in the morning. And so it's the same thing for teachers teaching students, right? We need to develop a routine for these students so that these tasks that we are trying to teach them, these lessons that we are trying to have go from their short-term into the long-term memory, there needs to be repetition. There needs to be opportunity for students to showcase their learning more than once. And so as they're doing the review, it also benefits the teacher as well. It also benefits me as the educator where I actually have a few minutes to take attendance, to maybe have some conversations with students who are struggling or uh, need a little bit of an extra help on the task that I've assigned to them. This allows me to do a little bit more one-on-one support because now most of the class probably has a decent handle on the outcome that I am trying to teach. And so now I'm not doing large group instruction. I'm not even doing small group instruction. Now I'm able to work with those kids who really have struggled the last couple of days from my observation and really just need a little bit of an extra support. And I can do that without taking time away from the other students. And so all of these things are happening in this time of review. And so it's a great way for students to gain that confidence, to showcase their learning. And for me, as a teacher, I can observe right away of whether what I taught the day or the days prior is actually sticking. Have they got it? Are they confident? Can I move on to the next part, or do we need to spend more time in review? Okay. I know I titled this episode the next five minutes, but sometimes this review goes for 10 to 15 And that's totally okay. I would rather have them get this concept of whatever I'm teaching before I start adding a layer, before I start adding something that is going to build off of what this outcome is. And so that's the professionalism and the guidance of the teacher is we get to decide how long are we reviewing? When do I move on to the next step? When do I move on to the next lesson? When do I add something new? And so As a teacher, I'm always observing who's working, who's able to get uh, these questions without any help, without any assistance. You know, some of them are really confident and they might even start, you know, going and stop practicing. And so I just remind them to keep practicing. You know, the more repetition, the better. And But everyone gets a chance to practice. Everyone gets a chance to do the assigned task, everyone gets a chance to review and refresh on what was already taught. When I feel like we're ready to move on, then we can move on. And then I am adding something new to the puzzle. Now we are adding something new to what has already been learned. But now the students have had five to ten minutes of brain work, <laughs> brain action, and it's their brain is not cold. Their math brain is not cold and they feel confident that whatever I show them next, they will be able to tackle. And so I believe it's really powerful. Now, with my other math group, the essential math classes, I do something a little bit different. These students, remember, usually aren't the students who necessarily love math and uh, necessarily want to do math in post-secondary education. And so we, I personally teach math a little bit differently to them. Uh, they do a little bit more work in class in terms of a check your understanding assignment. And so review for them is not as important to them. And it's also something that they might not be be very excited about if I say we're going to review what we learned yesterday. That's not going to necessarily work for this group of students. And so what we do, uh, partly because essential math is meant to be a little bit more practical, and a little bit more real world situations, but I have them start with five minutes of a mental math activity, a mental math booklet. These are questions that are all lower than their grade level. So these are all questions that are attainable to them. Some of them are more math questions that review math from previous grades, but a lot of them are just real life situations. You know, for example, Sally goes to the store and spends $10, Uh, she pays with a a $20 bill, how much change does she get, right? And so the students are thinking, okay, she spent 10, but she gave them 20, so they're gonna get $10 in change. Things like that, something as simple as that. And so, Uh, I put 5 minutes on the clock and what I do is I let them do as many questions as I can without their calculator and then for the last minute, maybe a minute and a half, I will allow them to pull out their calculator and do any of the questions that maybe were a little bit tougher for them and they needed a calculator to help them out. And then at the end of the 5 minutes, we go through them together. I can give a little bit of a mini lesson on a couple of the questions of why they would want to uh, approach it this way or that way. And it's a really great way, again, for me to settle in the class. I can take attendance. I can talk to any of the students who maybe are falling behind or were away the day prior or need to come in at lunch to complete something for me or whatever information I have to give to individual students, not a large group discussion. And so that allows me to have that time. It allows me to have kids being active in waking up their brain, making up their math brain, and yet I'm still being accomplished in getting some little more personal stuff done with each individual student. And then uh, after that, we dive into the main part of the lesson. And again, they are now already immersed in math. They have already... Got their math brain engaged, and now we are ready to go. This is a game changer, honestly, for me as a teacher. Uh, because again, I don't jump I don't have to jump right in. I allow the kids to come and yes, I will say good morning or good afternoon, how's everyone doing? We start with that five minutes of engagement, but then I don't just immediately go straight to the notes booklet and start teaching new content, I let them have their time to engage on something that is attainable to them. That's the biggest key here, is that whether it's material that we have done recently, or whether it's just lower than their grade level, it's all attainable questions that they can answer, right? I'm thinking about if it was an English class. I know a lot of schools and different classes will start the class with silent reading, right? Because again, the kids can pick any book they want. They can pick a book that is at their reading level and it's quiet and they can do, they can pick any book they want in terms of interest. They can sit around the room and the teacher has a chance to, again, take attendance, You know, meet with students one-on-one. And the students are engaged in something that, uh, a topic at least, that they enjoy. For those who are not the best readers, this is helping them improve in their reading. For those who love reading, this is an enjoyment for them, right? I also have uh, English peers who I know do writing prompts at the beginning of class. So it might be a fun, simple writing prompt, like, how was your weekend, Tell me one event that happened this weekend that made you excited or gave you joy. And they will give the students five minutes to write what exciting happened on the weekend and to share a story of of what occurred. And so again, a great way to have the kids just open up their English brains to write and to share and to get their thoughts moving and their hands going and again just a way to engage the brain. I have a teacher who I don't know if any of you are familiar with Wordle and Global uh, and all of these different apps that every day is there is a daily puzzle and uh, depending on what what one it is like Wordle you're trying to guess the word of the day kind of thing and you have so many chances to, to pick the word. Well, one of my peers does global, which I think is fascinating because it is a study on the countries of the world. And so you're given a country and you're trying to guess, you have so many guesses to try and guess the country of the day. And so, again, just a great activation activity where students are learning about the countries of the world but it's a fun activity where you don't need, for that one, you don't really need any prior knowledge necessarily. At the beginning you're just going to be guessing and then as you get better, now you recognize different shapes of countries. Now you recognize distances from one country to the next and now students are able to you know, engage in a different way. Now they're able to problem solve and be like, I recognize that one. That looks like Brazil or I recognize that country, that looks like France, or whatever. And then when they come in with distances, they're like, hmm, 10,000 kilometers away from said country, okay, well, it can't be that country, then we have to pick a different one. And so just things like that where we're allowing students to engage in fun, creative ways, bringing back prior knowledge, or um, bringing bring an activity in that teaches them something, but doesn't require anything new. And so, I hope that this is an encouragement to you to know that kids want to be engaged. Kids actually desire to be engaged in what we are teaching them, but we need to be creative and we need to be presenting information in ways that students can buy into. When we just jump in and you know, be traditional teachers that just teach and then they practice, you know, that's not going to engage in the same way as I've described in these last two episodes, right? Engage with them about life. Engage with them about what they're doing outside of the math classroom or outside of the English classroom or outside of the social studies classroom. And then once you actually even start content, make it accessible to them first. Make it so that they can get excited about the fact that they are confident, that they feel smart, that they feel valued, that they feel appreciated because they can do the task that you are asking them to. And then when you teach them something new, which we'll talk about in the next episode, they have the confidence, they have the excitement, they have the ability to engage because they have felt valued by what you've already done in the first 10 to 15 minutes. And so, thanks so much for listening today. I am so encouraged by all of you listening. The downloads continue to go up. The Number of people listening to each and every episode continues to increase, and that's just a testament to you being willing to go on this journey with me. I don't pretend to know it all, these are just my thoughts, my humble thoughts as an educator, and what I've learned even in only my seven years of teaching. And so, I'm so encouraged by the fact that you would take time to listen to my voice and to hear my thoughts. And so, thank you, thank you, thank you. I encourage you to think about people who you think would love to hear thoughts like this. Share the website with them, share Spotify contact and Apple podcast contact and all of that so that they can dive in and participate just like you are. We're back in two weeks. So I am so looking forward to being with you again. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. You can direct message me with thoughts and encouragements and questions that you may have. And until next time, continue to just be awesome and uh, we'll see you very, very soon.